I'm Colin. And I'm Megan. And this is Pet, pet Sitter Confessional. Confessional, an open and honest discussion about life as a pet sitter. Hello, and welcome to episode nine, where we interview Kelly Hayes Rate and I Have a Head Cold. Uh, don't worry, the audio for the interview is a lot better than my voice currently sounds. Um, I did want to give you a brief background of who Kelly is and just the immense knowledge that she's bringing to this interview. She's a full-time house sitter and traveler and has been for the past decade, and she's definitely learned a thing or two about house sitting. And she shares those experiences and a lot of her knowledge in her very popular book, How to Become a House Sitter, Insider Tips from the House Sit Diva, which conveniently you can get off of her website, housesitdiva.com. In today's interview, we cover everything from how she got started, some of the biggest surprises that she's had along the way, as well as some challenges and some of her favorite stories. I can't tell you guys enough how excited we are to be sharing this episode with you and can't wait to get your feedback and continue to learn more from Kelly along the way. Uh, so how did you get started in pet sitting? How did I get started in pet sitting? Well, I didn't wake up one morning and say, ah, I'm going to be an international house sitter. It was more of an evolution. Um, I was a political consultant and activist all my life during my career. And then I ran for political office myself, got my butt kicked and decided I needed to take a break from politics. And uh, for me, the way I could afford to do that was to rent out my home while I lived elsewhere for free. And I sort of stumbled into pet sitting and house sitting when a cousin of mine asked if I would, if I would live in her home for the summer and, and take care of her two kitties. And, uh, and then I realized that there were websites out there that would allow me to post a, a profile and homeowners who were looking for pet sitters would post profiles. And it was an opportunity really to, to travel elsewhere and, uh, and, and basically live without cost so that I could rent my home out. And that's how I was able to keep afloat. I do want to emphasize that, that house sitting is not a freebie for the house sitters. There's work involved. Um, but but it's no cash out, and that's what was uh, what made it work for me, and that's really how I fell into it. And now for the last ten years, uh, next January will be my ten year anniversary of traveling full time and being a house sitter full time, and I've had some adventures. Let me tell you. <laughs> oh, I bet, I bet. Wow. So so after ten years, what's kind of been the 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 hardest part that you would say of ke keeping this going or or um you know being being a travel sitter oh my gosh saying goodbye to the pets mm. uh, you know mm. you you it's a it's a very intimate kind of relationship to be a house sitter when you're actually living in someone else's home with their things their routines and certainly their pets and um and so it, it can be very easy to fall into just falling in love with the animals that you're with because they're in their comfortable environment. And so they oftentimes are very readily acceptable of someone else who's there in their home. And, uh, and it, it's, it is, it's tough saying goodbye to the pets. Um, I think beyond that, for me as a full-time sitter, is the logistics that are involved. Um, my life is much more logistic heavy than it ever was before. A lot of thought goes into how I get from point A to point B. Now, I, mm. I'm an international house sitter. Mm. So um, I think a lot about airfares and how to get from the airport to the home and trying to find the new grocery store and maybe learn some new phrases in a different language that I'm not mm. accustomed to. So there's a lot of logistics in my life. Um, I think, Colin, the way you do pet sitting is more in your local community. And so there's probably not as much logis 
new logistics involved in that as right. in my life. Um, but, but that's something that I, I find challenging and, and draining, frankly, over time. But the, the benefits of my lifestyle so far outweigh that challenge that um, it's not something I want to give up anytime soon. I really enjoy my life. <laughs> sure. Uh, and I'm sure your, um, your background in campaigns and that kind of stuff has really helped in that logistic planning and uh, getting all the, the details lined out. It has, because there are a lot of details. I think for anybody who goes into someone else's home and takes care of their pets, you, you know, we want to be diligent about it. We want to follow the routine. We want to make sure the pets are safe and happy. We want to make sure the home is comfortable and safe. So um, there's you know, a lot of attention to detail and a lot of attention to the things that aren't said sometimes. Mm-hmm. It's just to, to make sure that those routines are kept comfortable. Right. Yeah. Those, those routines. And, and a lot of times you feel like the, the owner, they may feel like they've covered everything, but it's those little things that they may leave out of, Oh, Oh, by the way, yeah, this is the subtle cue that the dog or the pet has that says they need to go outside or those kind of things, um, or, or that they're scared or those, you know, that you don't always think to pick up on initially. Exactly. And as you've stressed in your past podcasts, the most important part of I think the whole relationship with a homeowner is to have that initial interview where there's just a lot of questions asked and discussion about what the pet's routines are, what the pet's triggers are, what makes the pet happy, what sets the pet off, where the pet sleeps, where it eats. I mean, all yeah. of those kinds of questions are really critical. Um, I, I've, every, every single pet sit, I seem to add a new question onto my, <laughs> my pet sitting agreement from, yeah. from, uh, if I leave my eyeglasses out, will they be eaten? No. <laughs> <laughs> to, um, you yeah. know, what are the things that your pet does that indicate that she or he is under stress? You know, yeah, so, uh, it's just and, and, it, it, and it can't be perfect. I mean, that's the other thing, too. I think that it's really important for, for pet sitters to give themselves a little bit of a break. They're not going to be perfect. They're not going to know everything, no matter how long they're there with a pet. And that's OK, too. Mm-hmm. Knowing. 85% of the information is, is going to take you pretty much home. And, sure. uh, and usually the, the homeowners will be available by uh, text or Skype or, or whatever and, uh, and can answer any other questions that come up while they're gone. So um, I think sometimes people get into a, um, almost a paralysis because they feel like, oh, there's just, I couldn't do that because there's so much information and I'd never be like the owner. And, and that's okay. That's okay. Right. Now, you know, on that meet and greet for us, as you mentioned, it's it's a little easier for, for my wife and I to do meet and greets because people come directly to our ho- house or we go to theirs um, just down the street. Um, how, how do you handle that process as you're traveling internationally and making sure you stay organized through that? Well, I love traveling internationally. And so I like the challenge of the newness and... Um, you know, as I said, it gets old. I mean, I, one of my adages is even new gets old. <laughs> but um, but I do like the challenge and I like the change of routine for me. So mm. that's something that's very interesting. Um, one of the ways that I handle it is I ask, um, I just ask for certain things. So I ask the homeowner to send a driver to pick me up at the airport when I first arrive or a cab driver so that I can easily get to their home. Oftentimes I'm arriving after a long flight. I may be arriving in a country where I don't know the language, I don't have the currency, 
Um, I may not be able to understand the streets. I mean, literally, and you know, when I landed in Hanoi, I couldn't understand the streets and the oh my goodness <laughs> how to navigate around. Um, so the homeowners ge- generously sent a driver to pick me up and to bring me to their home. So that's one, that's one little thing that I've learned is um, important and really helpful for me. I asked the homeowners to uh, leave a map with the local grocery stores marked, the local vet, the local people hospital or clinic in case I need medical help or support. Um, and, and that's very helpful. I also asked them to leave the name and number of an emergency contact, a friend of theirs who's local, who could help me out if I have an emergency. Mm. Um, and sometimes that person has also just become a friend where we've gone out for dinner or drinks or gone sightseeing together or paled around together. And, and, and that's a really lovely connection, really sweet thing that a homeowner can do for me when I'm traveling internationally to stay in their home. It just helps, um, helps me feel very welcomed. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever they, you, you do kind of just start um, not only living in their house, but being exposed to their life and their surroundings, you know, it, it is, I'm sure that can feel very immersive when, when you're over there um, doing those kind of travels. Exactly. Like, for example, this past summer, I uh, house sat in Réunion, which is a French island in the Indian Ocean, just east of Madagascar. And the homeowner introduced me to one of her friends, a woman named Anna. And uh, Anna had recently retired and had a lot of time on her hands. She's bilingual, French, English, and really wanted to just show off her island. And so we did a lot of sightseeing things together, things that I wouldn't have experienced on my own or known to experience on my own. I dragged her to some of the more touristy stuff that she had never been to. And that was fun for her. Um, and then we also went scuba diving together and we went whale snorkeling together. Oh, my I goodness. I snorkeled with a baby whale. <laughs> they back whale. It was amazing. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was a six-week house sit. So it was a nice, long opportunity oh to get to know the island, get to know Anna, and, uh, and have just a lovely time in this homeowner's home with her six rescue animals and they were lovely pets. I yeah. cried when I left. <laughs> oh my goodness. Wow. Wow. <laughs> wow. That's, that's, that's quite the experience. Um, I'm sure when you started out uh, 10 years ago um, that you kind of had certain expectations and thoughts of how things would turn out. Um, what's been a, a, a pleasant surprise about uh, house sitting internationally and pet sitting that you didn't expect? What's been a pleasant surprise? Um, well, house sitting has changed so much in the last 10 years. And I think one of the ways that it's changed is that more people are feeling comfortable about it. More homeowners are, are hearing about it and are hearing about what good experiences uh, it can be. And so there's, for me, there's just a, a much wider variety of house sits out there to choose from. Mm. Um, and by variety, I mean, Type of pets, length of house sit, the locations of house sits. I mean, when I first started, most of the house sits were in Europe, the United States, and Australia. But mm-hmm. in the last just few years, I've house sat in four different locations in Africa, um, throughout Southeast Asia, Reunion, which was you know really out there, mm-hmm. um, Gibraltar. I mean, so I think as the, as word has grown. And, and the house sitting community has grown. That's been a really interesting and pleasant surprise for me. It's just the variety of places that I can go as a house sure. sitter. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure as 
because it's kind of a, a mind shift too for the people who are looking for house sitters of, you know, I, I didn't even know that was an option to have some somebody come and stay here while I travel and while I leave. Um, so I'm sure more and more people are come open to that, that that plays into that is it, people are more comfortable to the idea and it realize that it is such a value service to be added um, while they're away and people can come and watch their home and their pets and all of their belongings to make sure they're all safe. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, homeowners are just sometimes, um, they, they just can't believe that I'm willing to travel to their community and to live in their home mm-hmm. and take on the responsibility of taking care of their pets. And they're so welcoming and so gracious and so grateful, most of them. And, uh, <laughs> and that's just, that's just really lovely. It's a really lovely introduction for me to a new community or to a new country. And I, I, can I talk about my book for just a moment? Yeah, absolutely. I was I was just getting there. Um, okay. you know, I, I know you've you've written you've written the book on on how to become a house sitter, and I'm, I'd l- want you to talk um, a lot more about that. Yes, and the reason why I wanted to bring it up now is because I think as house sitting has grown, um, both the number of homeowners who are interested in, in having house sitters and engaging house sitters, and the number of house sitters who are interested in testing out house sitting. I think there's an opportunity to really um, sit back and, and take a look at what makes that relationship work well. And so this is why I wrote How to Become a House Sitter, Insider Tips from the House Sit Diva. It's available on Amazon um, as a soft cover or Kindle. And it's also available on my website as an ebook at uh, www.housesitdiva.com. Now, I'm going to say, you know, house sitting isn't brain surgery. <laughs> it's not anything you need to sit down and study. But sure. I have learned a thing or two in 10 years. I bet. And I think my most important tip for both homeowners and house sitters is to think about the kind of experience you want to have. So as mm. a homeowner, a homeowner should really think about the type of person they would like to have in their home. Do they want somebody there full time for their pets? Or do they want somebody who's going to be maybe a little little um little user friendly in their house where they're not going to be doing so much i i once got a, i once got a house sit because i had posted on my profile that i don't do a lot of cooking okay and the woman really liked the fact that i wouldn't be in her kitchen a lot oh my God. <laughs> That was, a, I never thought that would be a selling point. But that was they won't, a selling. She won't so, touch my things. This is great. <laughs> exactly. You know, and I think, um, I think for homeowners to think about, you know, what, what would make, what kind of person would I feel really comfortable living in my house and leaving uh, mm. my pets in their care to, to just think about what that kind of person would be is really helpful. And for the house sitter, I think it's important to think about what kind of experience you want to have while you're house sitting. And that, of course, changes over time. There are mm-hmm. times when I want to go to a, a new city and I want, to, I want to have a chance to explore the city as well as, as taking care of the pets in the home. So I might be um, less interested in taking on a house sit that has a lot of uh, dog walking responsibilities throughout the day, for example. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, on the other hand, I have deliberately taken house sits where I had to walk the dog four times a day because I wanted an experience where I would be pretty homebound to be able to get a writing project done. Hmm. And I wanted the dog to force me to leave for a little while to get out <laughs> away from the desk and go take a walk. Yeah. It's two very different types of experiences that I wanted. And those are just two of 
many possibilities. Mm -hmm. So to think about that ahead of time is really helpful because then you know what kinds of house sits to apply for. The homeowner knows what kind of home house sitter to look for. And it can just be a better match Um, because there really are a lot of possibilities. and, And I think sometimes house sitters haven't thought that all the way through. And I think sometimes homeowners just don't believe that there are people out there that would come to their home and take care of their animals. Mm-hmm. So they just kind of put feelers out and, uh, and then that just, it just wastes a lot of time. Sure. So yeah. I always encourage people to really think about the type of experience you want to have. Yeah. And recognizing it's a, it's a two way street. It's not just the, the, the owner, the client looking for somebody it's as you, as you mentioned there and pointed out, it's, it's you, you, you have such a big stake in this entire process and absolutely making sure it's a, a good fit for you and not just saying yes to whomever contacts you. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And because when I have been um, less conscious of the kind of experience I've had, I've had less good experiences. Hmm. So it, it really takes a level of, of, of being conscious. It's a little bit like dating. Right. It, it, you know? it, it, it mean, is. Uh, yeah. I, I, we, we refer to our, our, our meet and greets as speed dating because it is, <laughs> you know, when we, when we meet clients either in their home or our home, it's like there, this is basically a 30 minute window where we're going to decide whether this is going to move forward or not. And you get all those questions, all those awkward conversations, all those awkward laughs, all, you know, all get all that out there and see what sticks. And then you can decide to move on or not. And it is, it is very much like, <laughs> like dating. Yes. <laughs> very true. That was a good question. <laughs> so, you know, after, after 10 years um, in traveling and doing all that, what do you kind of see, you know, long-term goals moving forward as you look ahead to how the, you know, looking at how the industry has changed up until this point, what do you kind of see moving forward in this? Well, I, I see a greater expansion in third world countries, frankly. Um, and the reason I say that is because I think one of the, the biggest um, uh, pools of homeowners likely to use house sitters are teachers who are teaching in international schools in third world countries. Hmm. And uh, they have, uh, first of all, they all talk to each other. So when one person gets a house sitter, the whole school knows about it. Oh. And everybody hears about house sitting and they hear about the good and the bad. And names of good house sitters get, get passed around from teacher to teacher. Secondly, those teachers have set times off and they have uh, usually long periods off so all summer or three weeks during the fall, during the, the winter break um, in, in Southeast Asia, there'll be a month off in February for Tet, Chinese New Year. Hmm. And so usually those teachers want the opportunity to go traveling someplace else. And they, they have the means to be able to do that. Or they want to travel back to their home country to visit family. Right. And thirdly, they usually have rescue pets because in those countries, there just isn't the network of shelters and uh, spade neutering that we have in the United States and in some mm. of the more uh, first world countries. So there's those three things, I think, combine to make a great um, market for house sitting. And so that's one of the things that I do is that when, I, when I'm house sitting for an expat teacher, you know, I'd get into that network. And so if I want to go back to that community, I make sure that I get a chance to meet other teachers who work for that same school. 
No. Um, that's really just a great opportunity to network and to find out about other house sit opportunities. So I think as um, as more and more teachers find out about house sitting, there'll be more house sitting opportunities in these third world countries. I think the other thing that that helps, <clears throat> excuse me, with third world country house sitting is that we're seeing such an increase in where Wi-Fi is available, which mm-hmm. is invaluable to most house sitters. And we're also seeing an, an increase in in traveler style infrastructure, things like Uber or um, other kinds of, of programs that help people who are there temporarily. And those are expanding in third world countries. So I think that's one of the ways that house sitting is going to change is, is that it was going to continue to grow in, in third world countries. Wow. Yeah, there's a lot of growth potential there and a lot of a lot of opportunities for people willing to take those on. So um, we are definitely going to have uh, you back on for sure um, to cover a lot more topics. I know, you know, you 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 wrote the book on this kind of stuff. So there's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot of information here. So um, I'm going to encourage our listeners uh, to definitely check out your website. That's HouseSitDiva.com and uh, check out your book, How to Become a House Sitter, Insider Tips from the house sit diva um that's going to be a great resource and if any of our listeners have questions for kelly that they need to um they can reach out to us or or her directly um so we can cover those on on future episodes um but um kelly is there anything else you'd like to 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 leave our listeners with right now or um to sign off with i just want to say well first of all i want to say thank you very much to you and to your um audience for allowing me to come on and share this passion. I am so excited about the opportunities that house sitters have and that homeowners have. I used to meet so many people who would say to me, oh, we can't travel. We have big dogs or we can't travel. We have an elderly cat who needs medicine. And I think that um, I think that's noble, but I also think that's limiting. And I love the idea that I'm able to help other people travel as mm-hmm. well as expand my travel while mm-hmm. house sitting. So it's a great service and it's a great opportunity for people to really make a difference in the world in addition to traveling. So thank you for letting me spread the word. Oh, absolutely. And thank you again for so much taking your time and, and coming and sharing that. And we look forward to having you on again soon. Thank you. Thanks, Kelly. Wasn't that an awesome interview? I'm serious, guys. She's so great. Um, Really appreciate having her on the show, and we hope to have her back again soon. And so if you have any questions or follow-up with her, you can reach out to her on her website, houseatdiva.com, or you can email us at feedback at petsitterconfessional.com. Make sure you've joined our Facebook group and page so that you can get any updates there, and that you're subscribed and wherever you're listening to podcasts so you never miss a new episode. 